Hi everyone and welcome to the All Things ITSM Global Podcast, coming to you from Knowledge 16 in Las Vegas. I'm Kirsty McGowan, I'm here with Carlos Casanova. Hello Kirsty. Charlie Betts. Hello Kirsty. And we have the pleasure of speaking with Lupe Clark from CSAA Insurance Group. Hi Kirsty. Nice to have welcome you here. Welcome So this morning, you know, during the, during the keynote address, I heard a lot of discussion about tying all these different pieces together and how they feed back to the others and how they really benefit as a whole the organization rather than what we've traditionally done in you know, one piece, you know, separate and then passed on. Are you, you know, how are you guys doing that in your organization? I know you guys are getting pretty advanced in that space. You know, how is that playing out in terms of the full connection, that closed loop cycle? Well, uh, we do have some challenges in that aspect, tying everything back um, you know, together from when the customer experiences an issue to when we create the incident for it. Then it goes into um, we're trying to resolve their incident uh, or issue, then either putting it into the knowledge base or if it's a potential problem for uh, additional users, then it's going into um, you know, problem, the problem space. But there are some challenges in figuring out from where to take it, whether it goes to knowledge or if it goes to problem. So we've got some challenges that we're working through. Sure. I mean, I mean on the success side, I mean, you know, the fact that you're even there, to me, it tells me there's a a level of maturity that you're having that discussion. And that's not, you know, I go into clients all the time. They're not even really having a lot of those discussions. They're still talking about them separately. So I, I just, I see a level of maturity that you're, you're looking at that and you're discussing, you're trying to work on, on, those, uh, on those pieces. Right, so we do have a lot of, uh, you know, we used to have a lot of incidents. We're now down to 17 incidents per year, major incidents. Wow. So we came down from like 300. So definitely wow. there is a yeah, level that's, of maturity that, there's, there. There's a maturity there, sure. Um, yeah. so, you know, when I started with the company, it was about 300, wow. a little over 300. So we're now, last year was 17 um, major incidents. Yeah. So definitely a uh, great improvement. We um, do, yeah. you know, our processes have worked, but there is always room for improvement. I have to say I'm majorly impressed with those <laughs> sort of statistics. That's, that's amazing. It really is. What are the major drivers of that improvement? I mean, um, look at decompose a little bit. So the major drivers for that is, you know, working when the operations bridge, which is my, um, what I manage, um, when it got started, it was just the, the bridge, which is a level tier two, and then they added the incident management group, um, which handles, of course, the fires. And so that helped because before it was just, it wasn't an actual group, it was just people that handled the issues. Um, that had expertise or some sort of knowledge in that area. Yeah. Um, but n when that group was created, it, they, that was their area of focus to restore service. And so um, as they've grown and as they've learned and progressed, you know, it's gotten better. Also, the level of expertise from our SMEs is a lot higher now. So they are able to resolve incidents quicker. So that kind of, or prevent incidents from happening. Okay, so dedicated staff and some maybe some improvements in knowledge management and okay, mm -hmm. awesome. Experience, yes. And look, I understand you're, you're using Kepner Trago to, to help drive some of that improvement too. So how are you, how are you using that methodology in, in your life cycle of your incidents and problems? Well, so Kepner Trago is pretty new to us. We're actually just in the middle of implementation, but um, so far it's great. It's helping tie in all those processes mm -hmm and challenges that we do encounter uh, from where to take 
to the next level. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it takes us from customer experience into incident, then into problem, into root cause, and all that data that is gathered from the problem analysis or from the incident yeah. is put into the knowledge base, which will then either disseminate to mm -hmm. the SMEs, to, you know, the tier two level, the service desk as well, and then back to our customers. So it comes full cycle. Right. Right. Yeah, in my understanding, I guess it's, <clears throat> that's sort of just part of the work mm -hmm. effort. It's not, you know, as we mm -hmm. normally see, it's an after effect, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, I got to go document this. If I, if I get it correctly, that's just really how it works. And then it, mm -hmm. it's capturing that information as part of the natural progression and cycling and, and um, mm -hmm. feedback, right? Right. So, um, you know, the knowledge base is really our source of record where we need to, you know, build that up as much as possible because one, it's going to help mm -hmm. the customers look for their own, if they're experiencing a problem, yeah. resolve it. Um, first, and then if they can't, then it's escalation. So mm -hmm. it's less incidents. Um, you know, it's helping with facilitation, incident manager facilitation, and giving them a little bit more power to say they're the ones in charge of running and escalating the incident and doing whatever it is that they need to do to restore service. Right. So are you finding the uptake of that customer self-service growing? Is it your, your customers are being proactive and finding their own? Yes, so they do, um, you know, look for how they can resolve their issues yeah. prior to escalating to the service desk. One, because they want to get back to yes. work, right? Yep. And that's the ultimate goal is they, the less time that they have um, off their phones, off their computers, mm -hmm. the more productivity that we have, so. Yeah. Are you starting to see um, um, perhaps generational shifts in people's expectations? Are the younger folks, uh, the millennials, if you will, more interested in the self-service aspects? And oh, definitely. <laughs> yes. They really don't want to use a phone. They don't want to have to call anybody to help them out. They really want to do it themselves. You know, and if it's worse comes to worse, then they want to escalate yeah. or call somebody. But other than that, they want to fix it themselves. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've had that discussion. <coughs> yeah, the service test really is that the port of last resort for for the millennial worker. They they don't want to they don't want to talk to you. They don't. No. They they would rather text. Yeah. Or chat. Yes. Right. Which yeah. we do have that feature, yeah. and that's yeah. you know very helpful. But um, definitely, since the the newer generations are wanting to do yeah. more self service, yes. that's that's well, yeah, and, and that's you know kind of what we've been talking about you know for a while now. But you know, from a terminology perspective, you know, last year or so, really that user experience, which ties right into the millennials, mm -hmm. which all the di different generational mm -hmm. thing, they want to have it the way they want to have it. Yeah. You know, and it's whatever form factor, whatever vehicle that mm -hmm. they want it, and and I think that's where the the big value. And, and from an organizational perspective, there's a cost savings too, right? If they're finding that, we go out to Google, try and find our mm -hmm. own answers. I don't have to contact Procter and Gamble or whoever to get me feedback. Yeah. They're happy. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, but, but I think the the experience that gets logged back mm -hmm. in, I think, is where the value really is coming in, right? So they're they're gathering that information from almost like a crowdsourced yes. kind of knowledge. So yeah, if you can if you can really pull that together into that central source mm -hmm. to let them let Charlie query that, that's got to be a huge mm -hmm. a huge value yes. to your organization. Well, that and then. Um, what Kepner's Trigger is also helping is a common language. Oh, Everybody gosh. understands the same thing, and mm -hmm. so that way they nobody gets confused. Well, I didn't know what that meant, right? Everybody yeah. understands the same terminologies and, and the same process and procedures. Mm -hmm. So, so how how do you even that's to me that's a huge cultural mm -hmm. initiative. It is. How you know how do you proceed down 
this path of everyone saying the same thing, you know, especially from with the cultural changes. And, and you know, you're not a small organization, yeah. you're a fairly sizable organization. How do you, how do you transform that culture? Uh, it's slow and steady. <laughs> it definitely is slow yes. and steady. But you know, um, the more champions that we have in the process, and the more that people are um, utilize it, the more that we have buy-in from everybody else. The results are actually going to show once people start using it and actually start embracing it. And that's mm -hmm. a slow and steady yes. process. Yep. You know, it's, it's yeah. I mean, it's success. <laughs> success with it will bring more and more people. You know, exactly. the more it works, the more people will use it that way. So it's. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. definitely a slow process, yeah. but we hope that we can get it fully implemented yeah. and that everybody starts to use it because once it's going to reduce our mean time to resolve, yeah. um, which is h high for our executives. Right. So yes. right, right, yeah. it's on their priority list. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a, yeah, that, that whole cultural change side of it is so often underestimated as well. You know, you think okay, we've got these wonderful new processes, we know they're going to make a difference, we know they're going to work, but it's still very hard to pick up the people and move them along with that, no matter, yes. no matter how good you can promise them it's going to be in the future. It's not easy. It's not until they start to use it. Yeah, right, right. exactly. Yeah, so, I, mean, see, you know, I mean, I find like the cultural change, it's, it's finding those advocates, like you mm. mentioned, you know, yeah. finding yeah. those and let them preach mm. to their own little communities. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I remember um, I was just in D.C. for a different conference and they talked about um, you know, it's almost like starting little campfires, mm. you know, throughout the organization. Yeah. The, the challenge is making sure that each campfire is similar. Yeah. You know, we don't have like different style of campfires because then when it does become yeah. a little larger, it's still the same terminology. Yeah. It's still, so you can go from camp to camp and mm -hmm. you understand what they're talking about, but you have to get those advocates or the campfires kind of located all out, providing them that structure. It sounds like Captain Trego is kind of providing you the, here's how you set up a campfire. Yeah. Here's Definitely. how you lay out these things so that way you can travel around and, and get that. Uh, but I, I just find, you know, you can't, you can't do enough uh, as compared to having advocates doing that work for you, you know, no matter how much you push it down from the top. Yeah. You definitely have to have a mix of top, bottom, and middle. Yeah. Right. Well, Lupe, thanks for your time with us, and good luck with your ongoing journey with, with Kepner Trago. I hope it delivers everything that you want from it. Well, thank you, Christy. Thank I appreciate you. that. Yeah. We are definitely, it's going to be a, a challenge, but it, it's, yeah. it's going to work. Fantastic. I'm positive. <laughs> I like that attitude. Thanks, Lupe. Thank you, Lupe.